0: Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, is it good to be back with all of you. I know I haven't put out a... Uh, episode for quite a while and well there's good reason for it which I'm about to share but before I get into that you know I was sitting here thinking I had several people over the course of these uh podcasts say wow you're you remind me a lot of Rush Limbaugh which to me is a huge compliment by the way ladies and gentlemen not that I was trying to be like Rush Limbaugh but years ago I used to listen to him and um and this goes back a long time ago. And then later on when I was in the ministry, I didn't really listen to him too much only because uh, I didn't listen to a lot of radio, to be honest with you. But when I was working, I would listen to a lot of radio. And of course, it was not always, but often tuned into the Resh Limbaugh show. So I remember him talking about how he would have a big cigar and he was always behind the golden EIB microphone. And as I was thinking about it, I said, cool. You know, I am thinking, maybe I'll spray paint my microphone gold and call it the golden GWCC microphone. GWCC stands for Greater Works Christian Church. And this episode or this podcast is an extension of uh, GWCC, our church. So I said, I need the golden GWCC microphone because I didn't want to take EIB. That's Rush Limbaugh's. And then I came in here into my, my studio, which is the extra bedroom at my home, <laughs> and I looked at my microphone and I realized, wait a minute, something's wrong here. You see, my microphone is a cool microphone. It really works good and I like it, but it's filled with LED lights that change color, you know, slowly. So right now it's, uh, let's see what color is it. It's Oh, it's like a purple and to a red and it just turned to a blue and then a light blue and a green. So it's just constantly changing colors. So I said to myself, you know what? There's something wrong with this. I don't have the golden GWCC microphone. I have the rainbow um, microphone. (laughs) I couldn't believe I was was, uh, even thinking that or saying that. But you know what? The rainbow belongs to God. It was his covenant or his symbol, his statement of the covenant that he made with mankind after he destroyed the earth with a flood, that he would never do that again. He didn't say he wouldn't destroy the earth. He just wouldn't destroy it with a flood. And he put his rainbow in the sky so that every time we look up and see that, we can see the mercy and the promise of God. So I don't mind having a rainbow microphone but please understand ladies and gentlemen the rainbow i'm speaking of is not only in my microphone but it is attached to the promise of god not the other rainbow so who knows maybe one day i'll just break out and buy a five dollar can of gold spray paint spray paint my microphone (laughs) so i could tell people here i am behind the golden gwcc microphone (laughs) and i don't smoke cigars Uh, but maybe I'll get some Twizzlers or something. (laughs) I don't know, some red vines. Um, You know, I I said in my last few podcasts that I had some good news coming up and I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag because we were still working on that good news. And now that good news is no longer good news. Well, it's good news to me, but it's a reality. Ladies and gentlemen, Greater Works Christian Church will no longer be at our... 22nd Street location there in Lancaster, but we are now on L12, well, kind of down the street from us, because we were able to purchase a new church building. Now, you say, well, okay, whatever. You see, what we had before was a converted house, and we had some uh, raw land next to it that we owned and we were going to build. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I had a little tickle in my throat, so hopefully that's gone. But anyways, we were planning on building, and we bought that particular land for that reason. And then, of course, the COVID nonsense and all the shutdowns, the shutdown of the city, and we couldn't get anything done. So we just figured we'll put it on hold until the whole COVID nonsense was over. And now I know it's over. But what happened was, ladies and gentlemen, what happened was in the middle of COVID, we saw all these churches shutting down, And churches, because they shut down, they couldn't pay their bills. They couldn't take care of things. People weren't coming, so they weren't giving. Even though they streamed online, and you can go onto their streaming sites or their Sunday services or their midweek services on the internet, and there would be that little code or or something. They'll say, you know, please give here, tithe here, and all that. People just stopped doing that. And uh, so a lot of churches were in a lot of trouble financially. So I sat back and I said, maybe we shouldn't build. Maybe we should hold off because maybe, just perhaps, maybe there'll be a church that will come up because if they can't pay their bills, you know, maybe they'll just want to sell their building. So uh, we sort of sat on it for that reason, or at least I did. I wasn't really pushing it too much because I was really hoping and praying. However, we are still looking into it, still putting some monies away and everything. And just when we're at kind of uh, that place where we said, we've got to do something, we either got to build or whatever. One of the members in our church, Carlos, uh, he comes up to me, uh, my wife actually and says, hey, have, have you guys thought of looking into and maybe purchasing a building that already exists? And of course, I didn't really tell too many people that. That was on my heart, on my mind, what I was praying for. And she says, yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, we've been kind of loosely looking just to see. And if something pops up, we'll check it out. And um, later on that day, after Carlos and her had that conversation, that brief conversation, she's decided, hey, I'm, I'm going to look into it. I haven't looked into it in just a little while. I'm going to look into it again. And sure enough, boom, there's this church building that just went on the market. And I'm not going to bore you with all the details. We put a bit on it. We, we looked into it, put a bit on it. And, well, we got it. And um, we went into a uh, what we were hoping to be a 30-day escrow, which is usually pretty fast for commercial property to begin with. And in about 35 days, we moved in. Now, that's the cool part of the story. We got a brand new building, and it was move-in ready. The church that was in there before literally left us absolutely everything we just literally moved in and had church we didn't have to bring over anything we brought over a few of our chairs and uh, not that that we even needed them the number of chairs was what we needed in the building already we brought a few of our chairs over mainly because um well to be honest with you we liked our chairs a little bit better than some of the chairs that were left um only because they were kind of mixed and matched. They were comfortable and all, but nonetheless, we brought our chairs. They left everything, sound system speakers, stage lighting, uh, projectors, TVs, everything, everything, ladies and gentlemen, everything. What a phenomenal blessing. Now, our biggest problem right now is we have a whole church, full of things at our old property and we're putting that up for sale trying to sell it but at our old property and now we have to figure out how to (laughs) where to put it all on the new property because we already have all this stuff and the stuff they left us for the most part except for the chairs (laughs) but everything else was better than what we had as far as sound system stage lighting things of that nature so what a great thing that god did for us but it gets better it gets much better than that so it was instead of a say forty-five to ninety-day escrow like many commercial properties take, it was thirty-five days total. We moved in and had our very first service. Okay, check this out. We had a conference with uh the network that we're that we're a part of, the Christian International Network, based in Florida with Bishop Bill Hammond, and we had a conference. Uh, what we call the CI. Um, what do they call it, city tour conference. And we we were going to do it at our church. And we were really hoping and praying that we'd be in our new building to have it. We had to have the very first service, which was on a Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry, I take it back. Two meetings. So the uh, Wednesday night, I'm sorry, Wednesday night we had it in our old building. And Thursday morning we had it in our old building. But Thursday night we had it in our new building and, and had it Thursday Evening, Friday, two sessions, Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, last night was our Bible study, all in our new building. We haven't stepped, well, other than to show the property and take some things, we haven't stepped foot in the old property uh, just yet. And so we we were able to have this blessing with the uh, Christian international leadership there at our church in our new building. So they got to, uh, you know, how should I say, celebrate with us. I almost said party, but, you know, that might give the idea that we're getting all liquored up. Don't want that. (laughs) Anyways, we had our celebration with our Christian International family right there so they can bless the building with us. We blessed it. They blessed it. And not only that, it goes even further. We moved in and had our first service. On my birthday, that was my birthday. So what a phenomenal present that God gave to me. And I know it wasn't just all about me because it's not my church, it's our church. But nonetheless, it was on my birthday. What a phenomenal blessing. And not only to top it off, but prophetically speaking, we we, we just had uh, Rosh Hashanah. And, well, we just had also Yom Kippur, but then there's the 10 days of awe, right? Somewhere in the middle of the 10 days of awe, 10 days of repentance, the 10 days of all, we were able to move in. And uh, Apostle Gale spoke on Sunday at the church before he left, and that was just kicking off Yom Kippur from Sunday evening to Monday evening. Now, I say all that because this is such a prophetic time of the year, because if you know anything about Rosh Hashanah, that's, we call it the new year, but it's the head of the year, and the 10 days of all, or the 10 days of repentance— It's a celebration on Rosh Hashanah because of what God is doing. The books are being opened. 10 days you have to focus your heart on God and the things of God and the people and make things right and make uh, amends so that on Yom Kippur, when Yom Kippur is over, you can be um, set, if you will, set for a full year of blessing by God. And our blessing literally started right in the middle of that. And last night... Tuesday, Tuesday night, when we have Bible study, that was the first service in our church that was just purely just us, it was not a conference. It was us, one day after Yom Kippur. And so, you know, uh, I look at that prophetically as God saying, now the books are sealed, you know, for blessing or curse, here's your blessing. So that tells me that there was something really great written down for not only me personally, but for the people of the church as individuals and our church as a whole, something awesome. We were penned, our name was penned in God's book of life, book of blessing. And um, I'm really blessed by that all the way around. Now, if you don't look at it that way, that's fine. That's cool, whatever. Um, But I look at it that way because God never misses a beat, doesn't skip a beat. And God knows exactly what he's doing, when he's doing it, how he's doing it. So the fact that all of these awesome blessings Came together all at one time at, at at that Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur season, my birthday, with our conference there. The only thing that I regret, and and there was not anything I or anybody else really could do about it, is there are some people that I really uh, I consider family uh, all around the world. Rion uh, and his wife Elizma in South Africa. Uh, Peter in South Africa. I got uh, Peter Malinga in Zambia. These are all people that I really appreciate, and uh, I consider them family. Fellow ministers, of course, and people I've ministered with, but family. It was just, uh, I wish that we could have had all of them in, but who knows, maybe we'll have to have a conference, an international conference and invite them all in. But nonetheless, the point is, oh, and we have Braulio down in in Mexico, which I'm gonna be able to see in... uh, well, no, about six weeks, we'll be down there with him. But nonetheless, my point is, that was my only regret, but there's not much we could have done about it because everything literally just happened so fast, but we will have them in. So we're gonna have two, if you will, grand openings. We kind of had a grand opening with our Christian international family here, but we're gonna have another grand opening with some of our international family some point in the near future. God is doing so many great things with GWCC now, I it might I'm going to brag about my church, okay? And, and ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, hear me on this one. When I say church, I'm using it more in that Western world traditional sense. For the most part, I think of a ble- uh, of a building and and the meeting place of people. And I know, ultimately, that's not the church. It's a building for the church. The church is actually the people that have come together, okay? And um, so, nonetheless, when I use those interchangeably, just understand it's more about tradition. And when we get down to the actual meaning of these words, I understand the meaning and I do my best to use them correctly when we're in certain conversations. But if I try to use them or worry or concern myself about using them correctly all the time, a lot of people would misunderstand what I'm saying just because they understand the Western traditional use of the word church, not the more biblical use of the church or the word, I'm sorry, the word church, which is ecclesia. And the word ecclesia, what's so interesting about the New Testament using that, you know, Jesus using that word, I will build my church, or he says, my ecclesia, It's so interesting. The word ecclesia was used prior to that for political purposes. And it means the gathering of, say, the city or town's people into the town square to discuss the issues of the city or the town, which is political. <laughs> so Jesus comes to the earth to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. And he says, I will build my church. Well, the kingdom of God is a political, it's a a political, if you will, organization because it's a kingdom with a king. Can't get more political than that, ladies and gentlemen. And then he says, I will build my ecclesia, the place and the group of people coming together to discuss political issues for their city, their town and surrounding area." Anyways, I just threw that out because I've heard all my life, the church shouldn't get political. The church is political if it truly is a church. I don't know if you understand that, ladies and gentlemen, but it really is. You shouldn't talk politics in the church. Everything we talk about is political in one way or another. So you may as well just jump in and just do it and talk righteous, politics in the church because that's what it's supposed to be about. But anyways, that's a freebie ladies and gentlemen. I won't I won't charge you for any of that. That's free. Anyways, um back to GWCC, Greater Works Christian Church, my home church. Our new location, ladies and gentlemen, our new location. You can write this down if you want, but I'm going to do my best to remember to put it in the description notes for this particular episode. But our new location is still in Lancaster. The address is 1754, that's 1754 West Avenue L12 off of 20th Street West in Lancaster, California. So that's um between L and M, closer to M, but between L and M right off of 20th Street West. That's 1754 West Avenue L12. We'd love to have you join us sometime. Service times on Sunday. We have one service on Sunday, at least at this point. a.m. on Sunday, and we have midweek Bible study, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. And there's always something going on there, um, prayer meetings and such. Thursday evenings at 7 p.m., a bunch of us come together and uh, work out. We have a workout time. When I say workout, it's all body weight workout, a lot of cardio, but body weight workouts, push-ups, things of that nature. And uh, it's kind of a CrossFit style bodyweight workout. So if you want to join us, please come in and please join us. If you want to come in on a Thursday, it doesn't matter your uh, abilities or, or, your, or your health status. We have a licensed uh, instructor that comes out, Coach, coach Josh, and he uh, also coaches over at CrossFit Inner Chamber in Lancaster, but he takes out of his busy schedule to come and train us on Thursday nights. And you, you can come in. If you can't even do one push-up or one squat or one sit-up, we can style a workout for you and get you started and get you moving and get you a little bit more healthy. Um, so please come on in. If you can do a thousand push-ups, please come on in. You know, you'll encourage the rest of us. Certainly will encourage me because I'm not there. But uh, over at GWCC, again, my home church, um, there's we have something for every age group. Every Sunday morning, we have uh, classes for... Our children and teenagers all the way up to high school, I believe. Yeah, high school. And phenomenal classes. And right now, we're still getting our feel for the new place. So things are a little discombobulated, but we still have room and classes for them. They're just not decorated and painted the way we want them to yet. But nonetheless, they're there. We have something for everybody. And um, phenomenal. just a phenomenal group of people. And I, I, I know I sound like I'm bragging, but I'll be honest with you. I had very little to do with this. I, I give all the glory to God and I mean this. I mean this because I um, <laughs> i have been told over the years that I'm too blunt. I rub people the wrong way. I make people angry. I offend people. I push people away. As a matter of fact, funny story. Um, one Sunday morning, this goes back a few years. I'm, 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 If I remember correctly, seven, eight years ago. Anyways, we're about to leave for church in the morning. And my wife grabs me by the shoulders and like snaps me to attention and stares deep into my eyes. And she says to me, with all seriousness in her voice, do not scare away the new people. And then she let go of me and walked walked out the door. I, I left me standing there like, what just happened? What do you mean scare away the new people? I don't scare away the new people. Me? Moi? So um, <laughs> that's become one of the running jokes in our in our home, and even in our church, because of course I had to go tell everybody, but she meant it and she still means it today. So I do my best not to scare away the new people or the older people. But (laughs) so I can honestly say that the GWCC is the greatest church on the face of the planet. I know a lot of you just got upset at that, but I'm just telling you the truth. But I had so little to do with it, if anything at all. Uh, It's really God and God has brought Some of the greatest people on the planet, if not the greatest, at least the top 1% is in my church. And uh, these are fantastic, wonderful, awesome people. Uh, uh, Pastors, our pastors, Abraham and Adriana, just in case if you're wondering, wait, wait, Abraham and Adriana are the pastors? Yeah, they're the head pastors. And you say, well, what are you? I and my wife are the overseeing apostles. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, again, have problems with that. But we're just doing our best to get down to what 1 Corinthians 12, 28 tells us. You know, God has established in His church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And so we are we are trying our best to, to establish GWCC according to the biblical model. Um, and if you're wondering what the biblical model is, read Ephesians 4, starting at verse 11 and also 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and compare those together. And that's the basically the skeleton of what we're trying to do. There's a lot more to it. As a matter of fact, on Tuesdays, right now, at 7 p.m., I'm speaking, I'm teaching a series on apostles and the apostolic. I just finished, just before, which is so cool, um, just before we came into our new building, I just finished a series a lengthy series on prophets and the prophetic. And uh, now I'm focusing on apostles and the apostolic. And I'm trying to bring it into the modern age as well. What do apostles, what does the apostolic look like for us today? And so anyways, we're having a good time with that and we're doing our best to establish our church and keep it established according to that model. That's why I tell people I'm not the, the pastor. Do you realize that nobody in the Bible that led a church, was called pastor, and yet most everybody that leads a church today is called pastor, well, we changed it somewhere. And you can never change the word of God. So just by virtue of that, we're out of order in one way or another. I know, again, a lot of people are upset at that when I say this, but it's true. Look look in the Bible. How many people in the Bible were actually called pastor? Think about it. But how many people in the Bible were called apostle? And what did those apostles do? They established the church, and they led the lo- even the local church. But anyways, that's another story for another time. Come on out on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. and we will study the scriptures together. But we have, again, we have classrooms for the kids on Sundays, 10.30. We have uh, teaching at their level for them. It's a great time. We have great kids. We have great uh, um, leaders in each one of those classes. We have the little lambs for the, the little, little ones. We have Camp Click, and they're doing a great job for for the kids uh, right there in the middle. And then we have our young disciples for the junior high and high school age. Fantastic leaders doing a great job, and our kids are spectacular. So come on out and um, be a part of it. Oh, and one final thing. We also provide uh, translation into Spanish. So if uh, you have a family member or a friend that you want to bring that doesn't speak English very well or at all, we have headsets that they can put on. We have a translator that will translate the preaching, the teaching into Spanish and through those headsets so that our Spanish-speaking people and members, friends, and family can be taught and trained alongside with everyone else. And it's really worked really good for us. And we just had upgraded the system and everything. And we are working on, ladies and gentlemen, taking those translations, recording them, and then developing a Spanish-only podcast with those. So... Please be praying for that because I think that's going to be a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I think I gave my plug for my church only because I'm so excited. I haven't really done this before, not for any other reason, other than it's just we were really praying and what are we going to do? How, How are we going to get there? What are we going to do? That's why for a long time I was saying, I got some good news coming. I got some good news. I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag too. Too soon, because you know how that goes. Sometimes, sometimes things happen. Sometimes things fall apart for one reason or another. Like our play, our old place, our old location. We were were selling it. We were in, you know, we were in that process, and it just fell out, you know, and uh, it fell out of um, the process. So, you know, it, it, and it's okay. It's just it, I know that there's things that happen sometimes, or. Things that somebody throws a wrench into something somewhere and it prolongs this, prolongs it. And uh, it just happened. So I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag too soon, but I really wanted to share. I was so chomping at the bit to get here with all of you and share our good news because we want you to be a part of our good news as well. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I do have an article here that I want to read. It had nothing to do with with what I said earlier on. Uh, about the church necessarily, but I think it is important for us to know some of these things that are going on out there. I really wish I sat down for like three hours every day and I can just go over all the news highlights, Um, but I don't have that kind of time at least yet. So I am going to go here. Oh, you know what? Let me go back for just a moment. Let me backtrack. Uh, We have great pastors at our church. Um, Pastor Abraham, Pastor Adriana, and phenomenal because they really have, not that I don't have a passion for people, it's just different. I'm like really to the point point, blunt, I don't know how else to be, I don't know how to be anything else. It frustrates me and it frustrates other people when I'm trying hard to be that pastoral figure. It never really worked for me. But Pastor Abraham and Pastor Adriana, they're wired for that. They are true uh, pastors that have not just a love and a passion for people, of course, but know how to take that love and passion and and give it to the people and share it with the people in a way that really helps the people out in those moments. And that's where I lack. I'm just being honest. You know, um, have me stand up and correct wrong things, crack some heads, uh, <laughs> um, you know, do the, do that type of, w- w- whether you call it warfare or setting things in order, whatever. That's, that's my forte. But when it comes down to taking the brokenhearted, taking those who are really going through something, and and making them not just feel in a false sense but really feel the love of God and the love of a church family pastor Abraham and Adriana have have a gift in that area so that's why they are the head pastors and um they're do they do a fantastic job so if you listen to me on these podcasts and say I could never sit under that that's too rough that's too harsh that's too whatever we have things in the church, and people, I should say, in the church, such as Pastor Abraham and Adriana, that can fill that void and do what I can't do and um, bring that kind of love and attention that people often need when they're going through something. They can bring that so that I can do what I need to do, what God has called me to do. They can do what God has called them to do and as long as we're doing it together and with the same common goal, it really works out beautifully. So when things work out beautifully in our church, they really work out great. And I can honestly say that about the church. Again, I'm not I am bragging, but I'm more bragging about our God because there's absolutely no way in a million years that I could put together a team the way God has put the, together this team or do the things that God has himself done. When Jesus says, "I will build my church," he truly built this church, and I'm not saying we're the only ones. Please don't misunderstand me, ladies and gentlemen. I know that there's, there's a lot of fantastic churches out there that you could honestly say, yeah, okay, my name might be on on the line, you know, signed on that line, but really Jesus built the church, and we're just along for the ride. There's a lot of churches like that. We just happen to be one of them. Anyways, now this article, let me tell you about this. So the opening picture on this article, and it's from. Daily Wire, and this was published September 26th, so that was yesterday, 2023. The title of this article is, Target Cites Violence and Theft as Reasons for Closing Nine Stores Across the U.S. So this is the Target stores, and it is a picture of uh, like the entranceway of a Target building, and that's all it really is, entrance with people coming in and out. Anyways, and this article is by Brandon Dre, D-R-E-Y of The Daily Wire, and it says, Target announces plans to shut down nine stores across four different U.S. states after ongoing reports of violence, theft, and organized retail crime have threatened the safety of shoppers and employees. The company said effective October 21, three stores in San Francisco, Oakland area, three more in Portland, Two locations in Seattle and one store in the Harlem neighborhood of New York will permanently close. We cannot continue operating these stores because theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our teams and guests and contributing to the unsustainable business performance, Target said in a news release. Now, let me, let me back up here for just a moment before I get back into this article. Did you pay attention to where these... Nine stores are located. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, Three of those stores are in the San Francisco, Oakland area. Okay. Very, 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 very woke. Now, California as a whole is a very woke state as far as our government is concerned in Sacramento. But San Francisco and Oakland are disgustingly woke beyond even what's going on at, at Sacramento. Very, very woke. And there's three more stores in Portland, Oregon. Portland, extraordinarily woke, disgustingly woke. Two locations in Seattle, Washington. Seattle, again, very, very, very liberal, very woke. And then one store in Harlem. Now, I don't know too much about Harlem, but it's in New York City. So I'm assuming it's very woke because New York City, the city at least, is very woke. And I, I met some people from upstate New York, totally, completely absolutely different than the city dwellers, <laughs> city dwellers, <laughs> that's funny, anyways, um, from the people from New York City, so it's really strange, so when I say New York, I'm I'm primarily speaking about New York City, very, 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 very woke, so I'm assuming, and if I'm wrong in this, please forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, that Harlem is just as woke as the rest of New York City. So, it does that shock you ladies and gentlemen that nine stores are being closed? Now, oh, and by the way, Target is extremely woke. If you remember, they were the ones that put out the rainbow stuff during Pride Month in June targeting children. That was the place, and I really hate to say this because as a as a minister of the gospel, I really don't even like to think or know of these things. But we have to because they're in our world and we have to combat them. But remember, Target was the store that was putting on display not only the rainbow stuff for Pride Month, but really pushing this LGBT mentality and agenda onto children. They also had these, as one commentator said, the tuck, the junk bathing suits for these men who think they're women. So it's a bathing suit for a man that looks like a female, a woman's bathing suit with a special <clears throat> pocket in a certain area that you can um, do your best to tuck and hide the male genitalia so that they appear more like a woman. I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, this is Target. So it, it it's kind of mind-boggling to me that a corporation that is that woke that is that liberal that is that it you know giving into this perversion on that level and they have their stores in these places such as san francisco oakland which is known for its homosexual lgbt community it's it's well known and then places like portland and seattle and again i don't know too much about harlem but at least the san francisco oakland and portland and seattle locations very extremely well given over to homosexuality and lgbt and all of that and you have the target store same thing and they're shutting down because of the violence what does that tell you ladies and gentlemen what about what does that tell you about the so-called uh tolerance of the left and these people in these communities. Yeah, they they only tolerate what they want to tolerate when they want to tolerate. They'll even destroy their own if it pleases them. So you got this very woke target corporation, very woke target stores in a very woke neighborhood of a very woke city, and they still have to shut them down because these very woke people don't care and will still go in there and steal from them, rob from them, loot to the point that now we have to shut these things down because we can't afford to stay open. Anyways, let me let me continue reading this. It says, Before making the decision, Target officials said the retailer corporation invested heavily in efforts to prevent and stop organized retail crime in its stores, including ramping up internal security team members and third-party guard services, but struggled to combat the uptick in retail theft from organized smash and grab robberies involving large groups of thieves. So again, let me let me just comment on this. I also know something about these woke cor- corporations. Target being one of them. They are actually um, mandating their employees. You cannot. St- somebody's robbing the store, stealing something. Do not stop them. As a matter of fact, we we have heard of many people getting fired for stopping uh, crime in the store that they work for so you know you go to work for target you're a cashier or a, a box boy or it doesn't matter you you could be anybody there but let's say you're a cashier and you look up and you see some people um with armfuls of i don't know clothing or items from the store marching towards the front door excuse me sir the register's over here you need to pay for that first and they just play, whatever And they just keep marching for the door and you know they're stealing it. If you run over there and stop them, jump in front of the door or physically assault them to stop them from stealing from the place that you get your paycheck from, you could be fired. Have you ever heard of anything anything so ridiculous that the employees will get fired for protecting their employers and the business and the company that they work for? Yes, that's what these woke companies are doing. That's what these places such as Target are doing. And now so much has been stolen from them. They say, oh, we just got to shut down nine stores because we can't afford it anymore. Well, maybe you should have thought of that earlier, Target. This whole woke, I mean, there's this new saying, go woke, go broke. And these woke corporations are suffering financially horribly. And they can't put two and two together. It is amazing for me to watch. It is really amazing for me to watch. As a matter of fact, I believe it's here in California. Maybe it's in LA. But anyway, somewhere here. Yeah, beautiful, sunny California. They want to pass a law that if anybody stops a thief from stealing something from a store, the person that stops them automatically is fined, I think it was $20,000, $20,000. So if I'm at the local convenience store, and I'm there to pick pick up a pack of my Wrigley's gum and maybe my Snapple drink. And I'm standing there in line and somebody starts to steal some food or steal something from the store. They grab a case of beer out of the ice chest and they start marching out without paying for it. If I stop that person, I get fined $20,000. And because whatever they stole wasn't, Um, over $950, they're not even going to be prosecuted. So what do you think this does to the criminal element all around us? It says, go ahead, do whatever you want, steal what you want, when you want, how you want it. Just don't let it go, you know, a dime over the $950 and you can get away with it. Because if that guy over there wants to stop you, he's going to get arrested or fined. You're okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, I'm not making any of this up. This is happening right here, and we're seeing this with these Target. They're finally getting a clue that they cannot sustain their woke ideology. They'll go, not just go broke, they're not just going to get hurt in their pocket, but they have to shut down. Now, look at, look at all these people that are losing their jobs because they can't put two and two together. Anyways, let me go on. So it says Target CEO Brian Cornell said last month the company has been battling an unacceptable amount of retail theft that has become increasingly violent and dangerous for workers so he says he it's it's interesting that he uses these words unacceptable amount so what is the acceptable amount of theft and violence isn't all theft and violence unacceptable this i mean these guys that's how they think like there's this level that's okay but once you cross a certain line that's like unacceptable i'm saying if somebody comes in there and steals a twinkie that's unacceptable. They're still stealing. That's in their heart. That's who they are. And they should be treated as if at the same way anybody stealing a $1000 TV should be treated. This is this is ridiculous. And these people and he's the CEO. And I know what CEOs do. They 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 check you know, they're investors and they do their best to keep their investors happy. He doesn't care about the store itself. He doesn't care about the product. He doesn't care about who does or does not steal. He doesn't care about any of that, except except they can't lose so much money that they're closing stores. So now he's going to have to pay for this. But he has to make the investors happy. So if you got a bunch of, you know, kind of dim dim-witted, you know, elevator don't quite go up to the top, at least morally, investors for Target... Well, he's doing his best to keep them happy, to keep the investments there. But mark my words, these guys at that level, they don't really care about the low level people. They don't care that now they just closed nine stores and put all these people out of work. Because if they really cared about that, you know what they would be doing? They'd be, (laughs) I know what I would like to do. (laughs) I'd shut down the the store for about a, just maybe, I don't know, instead of forever, just a week. And I'd give all my cashiers, box boys, everybody in the store, crash course in self-defense, I'd load them all up with tasers <laughs> and pepper spray and give them the permission. If you see anybody stealing, make them pay. <laughs> but that's just me, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, you know, so they were battling this unacceptable amount of retail theft that he helped create with his woke ideas. See, and that's the, the ironic thing about it. These corporations that went woke created this mentality and this ideology and this atmosphere, people are responding to it and now they're upset and saying, now we have to close down because too too many people are stealing from us. But you're the one that says you're not going to stop them. You're the one that told your employees that if you catch somebody stealing, let them go. Don't even worry about it. You're the ones that did it. Now you're paying for it financially and you're scratching your head going, how did this happen? Oy. Anyways, let me go on. It says store theft that included violence or threats of violence surged. during the first five months of the year, Cornell said, adding that Target's full year profitability is expected to reduce by more than 500 million compared to the previous year. Now, 500 million, ladies and gentlemen, it's half a billion. So he expects their profitability to drop by half a billion dollars. And this is the CEO saying that. Do you think Now, CEOs don't want to give bad news to their investors. So believe me when I say this, it's going to be more than this. It's going to be more than half a billion. He's doing everything he can do to soften the blow to his investors. Trust me when I say this. It's going to be more than half a billion lost because of all of this. Anyways, the story continues. Cornell reportedly said the company intended to keep locations open after releasing its rising shrink reported in the fiscal second quarter earnings in mid-May. We do not want to close stores. We know how important our stores are. They create local jobs. They generate taxes. They're very important for those local shoppers and they play a critical role in communities across the country. Cornell said, we'll continue to do everything in our power to keep our doors open, he added. At the same time, we'll be closely monitoring the safety of our team and guests as well as the financial impact to our business as as we determine the right path forward at Target. I mean, again, this guy is so double-minded and strange. Uh, we're not going to stop anybody that steals in our store. We're not going to stop anybody that's just grabs things and runs out. And we're not going to close any doors. Oh, wait a minute. We're getting violence and theft at an unacceptable rate, so we're going to shut down stores. I, you know, it, it still amazes me. People that are left-leaners, the woke crowd, the progressive Democrats, because that's where all of this comes from, they're so double-minded. They, they they have no real grasp on reality. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. It just blows my mind. goes on to say, Organized retail theft has spiked in cities around the country with videos from uh, some incidents showing hooded figures. I like the way they wrote that. Hooded figures in dark clothes darting in and out of stores with merchandise often expensive luxury items. Critics blame progressive prosecutors who they say allow criminals to get off without serious consequences, if they face consequences at all. Earlier this year, Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, a senior member of the Senate Judiciary Committee and Senator uh, Catherine Cortez Mastro, uh, Democrat of Nevada, introduced legislation to target the rise in flash mob robberies sweeping the nation. Which they estimated cost retailers $720,000 for every $1 billion in sales, a 50% increase since 2015. Now, that's across the board, ladies and gentlemen. That's just across the board. That's not in a given location. Some places are going to be much worse than that. Others, maybe not as bad, but some places, much worse. Says the bill, which targeted official. I'm sorry, let me read that again. The bill, which target officials advocated for in for it in its announcement on Tuesday, would create a multi, multi-agency multi federal task force at the state and local levels to promote interagency efforts and in cooperation to crack down on theft and organized retail crime. Now I'll tell you why I'm completely against this bill. I am completely against this bill after I read that line because it says that this bill would create a multi-agency federal task force at the state and local levels. We don't need another agency. We don't need another agency. We need to get rid of these guys that aren't prosecuting and let our local police uh, officers and sheriff's deputies do their job. We need to let go of it and let employees and security guards do their job. And if we could do that, we don't need another one. We just need to release... The bands, You know, this whole defund the police, I've talked about that several times, is so ridiculous. You see, you see what it leads to? In all of these places, they had to defund the police garbage. And now in all of these places, they're needing a whole new police department to deal with the crime. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was by design. And many, they took the bait, and now they're dangling on a hook, looking like fools, because they were the ones... That were saying, yeah, defund the police, defund the police. Oh, wait a minute, crime just rose. We need another police force. Oh my gosh. Anyways, this uh, this article ends with Target's latest announcement comes after the company revealed a dismal quarterly report showing its sales sank five point four percent for the first time in six years after facing national backlash over its Pride Month collection. Anyway, so that's what happened. Now I was reading another article on on uh, Daily Wire. I wish I could find that other article, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I could find it. Let me throw through here real quick. Uh, and it had some video attached to it. And the video that was attached to it was some of these, um, not, not necessarily smash and grab, but I guess that, you know, where a large group of young people ran into, oh, it was in Philadelphia. That's where it was. Philadelphia, a large group of young people ran into a, a several stores and uh, just started grabbing things. Uh, of the stores that were listed one was apple uh, oh i wish i could see it just so i can uh at least tell you about it but an apple an apple store uh, a lulu melon i'm not even sure what that is but a lulu melon and there was several other stores but anyways they just ran in and started grabbing things and run out stealing things and in this particular video and this is in very liberal um philadelphia the uh, cop showed up and was just grabbing these young people as they're running out of the store with the, the, their loot and um they were outnumbered in that sense but they were just grabbing these young people and throwing them on on the ground and, and what it appeared to be arresting them at least subduing them there was one young man that the the officer literally had him in a headlock and was dragging him out of the store and the young man was kind of fighting back And he threw him on the ground, and he was still kind of fighting back. He just socked this young man in the face. Now, when I say that, please, that's police brutality. Number one, he didn't hit him that hard. He didn't even knock the kid out, all right? But it sure woke him up, and he he stopped. He stopped kicking. He stopped fighting. He just mellowed. And as I was watching that, I was applauding these officers, and what I was saying, I said, finally, somebody is doing to these young people what their parents should have done to them when they were growing up in essence these officers these cops were acting as good parents spanking unruly children because the whole time every time i see one of these videos i say where are the parents where are the parents one of the videos this goes back uh maybe a few months there was a department store where a, a large group of young people ran in when i say a large group i i counted in one of the videos uh, i think it was like 30, 30 young people. So a large group in that sense, doing the wrong thing, just walked in, started grabbing stuff and running out. And I'm looking at that going, where are the parents? Now, I I agree. You know, my kids, I didn't follow my kids around absolutely everywhere, but my kids knew you ever do something like that. And I find out about it after I'm done with you, I'll take your, your butt down to the police station And say, here he is, or here she is. You know that video? This is one of them. Do what you want. Because I was not going to raise criminals in my house. And these young people, I don't care if they're 13. I don't care if they're 20. I don't care if they're 50. They're criminals. When they run into a store and they steal things that do not belong to them. And if they're under the age of 18 in my honest opinion, the parents should pay for it. I'm sick and tired of hearing, you know, the well, he was a juvenile, he was only 13 years old, so he got off with a slap on the wrist. Well, what about mom and dad that raised that little criminal? Maybe they should spend some time behind bars. Maybe they should do some community service as well alongside Junior and get a taste of their failed parenting. I'm so sick and tired of this, ladies and gentlemen, because kids, for the most part, they're kids, they're decent. For the most part, well... Let me back that up. Kids are what they're trained to be, what they're taught to be, what they learn in the home from mom and dad. And if mom and dad aren't teaching them how to live righteously and morally, then somebody on the streets is gonna teach them to live, well, like a street thug. And that's what's happening. And this is what's happening all across our country. And it's happening mostly, mostly, not only, but mostly in these woke cities. And they're targeting what I find ironic. They're targeting these woke corporations. So between the corporation policies, the store policies, and the city policies, all woke, it just opens the door for this kind of bad behavior. And all of these woke um, governmental officials and woke CEOs and woke managers, they're scratching their head, going, What happened? I thought our policies we're going to put an end to that because we understand them. We understand what they're going through. They don't need us to um, hit them under We don't need them behind bars. We don't need, we just need to accept them for who they are. Well, look what it got you. Now nine Target stores are shutting down. And all the people that worked in those nine Target stores are going to be looking for a job. And the people in those communities that shopped at those Target stores now I have to go find somewhere else to shop, maybe drive a little bit further, spend a little bit more money. Why? Because of your woke policies. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to help, help uh, put an end to this? i want to tell you what, what we should do all together. But we have to do it together. This can't be just one person or two people or a small group of people it won't make an impact. All of us. When you find out that a corporation, a company, a store is woke stop shopping there immediately. As a matter of fact, I know there's, they're shutting down these nine Target stores. You know what? Everybody that gets it, everybody that understands and everybody that's tired of this kind of nonsense from these woke corporations, every one of us should stop um, buying or going to Target for anything. So if check this out. If even 50% of their customer base stops coming It's going to hit them so hard in their pocketbook. They will wake up, change their policies, change the way they do things, and then we can go back to maybe a more healthy shopping experience. You say, well, I just love Target. I couldn't stop going there. You're the problem. You're the problem. There's some businesses here locally, ladies and gentlemen, right here in my own hometown, Palmdale, Lancaster, or actually my hometown, Lancaster, but also in Palmdale and the surrounding areas that I still won't go into because when I went into them during the whole COVID nonsense, they stopped me at the door. Sir, you can't come in here without a mask. Uh, I don't wear a mask for health health reasons. Sorry, you cannot come in here. And if you don't if you don't leave right now or put on a mask, we're going to throw you out. Okay, I'll leave because I really don't want to be where, I, where I'm not wanted. I'll take my money elsewhere. And I'll not only will I not be back during the COVID nonsense. I won't be back ever. They lost me as a customer forever. There are certain uh, restaurants I won't I won't go to that I really enjoyed I enjoy their food, but I won't go to anymore because of that. There's a local um, I won't tell you the retailer because it was just there was there's two of them in our area. One treated us. I mean, like <laughs> it was crazy. It was around Christmas time, basically threatening to kick us out if we didn't have a mask. But the one in the just the next town near us welcomed us in without any problems. So I understood it wasn't necessarily a store or, you know, it was a store policy, but a local policy, not a corporation policy per se, I should say. And I'll go to the one, I'll drive to the next town to go into that. Uh, well, I guess I could tell you what it is. It was Ross, you know, and I always would shop at Ross. That was our place to go for clothing and stuff. But the one here in Lancaster treated us horribly. Christmas time during the COVID stuff, horribly threatening us and all that making a fuss because i didn't want to wear a mask and we when we left fine i'll leave but i'll never come back we drove to the ross in palmdale and i've kind of had a chip on my shoulder i'll admit i was going to go there and see you know hey if they're going to do the same thing i really own ross never and they treated us well never said a thing hi welcome to ross what nobody's standing at the door like a nazi checking my papers my paper mask no Not in in Palmdale, but certainly in Lancaster. So I'll go to the one still today in Palmdale, but not in Lancaster. And again, there's restaurants that I won't go into. There's other stores that I won't go into because they just, you want to treat me like you're a Nazi? Forget it. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to give you my money. So I don't know why. I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why anybody still goes to Target with their track record of nonsense. People are so quick to overlook this stuff. Another place that, that I won't go, and I grew up going here and I loved it, was Disneyland. And this is heartbreaking to me because we were a Disney family. When I say that, we went minimum once a year. There was, times, there was a time when my wife and I had season passes and we would go down there just to go down there, just to hang out. It was like date night or date day, I should say. Sometimes we, it wasn't about just seeing how many rides we can get like we were a little kids. It was just having something to do, go down there, eat some chicken in the chicken place, you know, see the people, listen to the music, things of that nature. We loved it. But then Disney started going extremely woke. I guess it always was, but it really started coming out. And it's in sick, perverted ways. Just look at some of their movies and their cartoons and stuff. So I knew deep down, I can't do this anymore. They are completely against everything I'm for and they are for everything I'm against. You talk about a a corporation that now is grooming children in a sick, perverted way, that's Disney. Now, I don't want to put this on anybody else because this is a personal thing, but I'll be honest with you at the same time, I don't know how it can't be personal with you. If you love your children, you want to protect your children and keep your children from that nonsense, I don't know how it can't be personal for you. I was talking to my brother just recently, and again, of course, being raised up in the same house when we were younger, we were Disney. And I told my brother, I said, you know, I feel like Disney has betrayed us. That was our part of who we are, who we were. As a family, we used to go down there with my mom and dad. And he says, you know, I feel the exact same way. There's absolutely no way I could give them my money. I can't go down there and do that. He says, they've betrayed us. Now, I'm telling you this to make a point, of course, But think about it. So is Target. They've betrayed all of us. So is a lot of uh, every, not a lot, not some. All of these woke companies have betrayed us, have betrayed you and I, the citizens of the United States. They've betrayed us. And we're going to go give them our money? Oh, no, 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 no. They're not going to get my money anymore. And, um, you know, I don't really dig betrayal. And uh, the people that betray me or those that I really care for... I just write them out of my life, just like I did Target, just like I did Disney, just like I did Ross in Lancaster and several restaurants. They betrayed me. They betrayed us. They betrayed you. I'm not going to give them my money anymore. And I suggest, and this is just my suggestion, ladies and gentlemen, I suggest that you find other places to shop and give your money to. Anyways, let me wrap this up. So we see this stuff going you know, again, go woke, go broke. And it's even more than just financial, uh, getting hit financially, morally, they're already corrupt. They're broken. This whole woke ideology is broken. The whole LGBT uh, system and agenda is broken. And a broken system, if not repaired, breaks other systems or breaks other people. And that's what we see happening. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope and pray that each and every one of you will, wake up to the truth and the reality of this, your money speaks very loudly. Take that money away and give it to somebody else and these woke companies will, they'll get the clue and they'll either go completely out of business and close their doors like nine of these Target stores or they will change the way they do things, straighten up and be more concerned with you and what you want than all these political and perverted ideologies out there that are against your children, grooming your children hurting your children. We need to stand up and take our money somewhere else. I hope you're with me. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy. Goodbye, Chippy.